This week's scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 15, or, I'm sorry, chapter 55, verses 1 through 13. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen, so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sore love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call the nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When we think about the story of God's people, we have to think about it in terms of relationship. In fact, this is the way that the Bible frames it. From the very beginning, God created us for relationship, for relationship with God as God walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve, but also in relationship with each other, because God said that it was not good for man to be alone or Adam to be alone. So God split Adam and made, made Adam into a man and woman so that we might have a partnership. And God also created us for relationship with the world that he created, with this whole uh, earth and with all of creation. And so these things uh, inform us about who we are and what we're designed to be. 
But even deeper, if you go into the story of Israel as God redeems a people for himself and makes them to be the vessel for salvation for all of humankind eventually, God gives them direct commands to listen. If you look in Deuteronomy, a passage that we've examined quite a bit over the years in Deuteronomy 6, it's the beginning of the Ten Commandments in the Deuteronomy passages um, that give that. You know, Exodus is where we received originally the, the law, the Ten Commandments, but Deuteronomy kind of re-spells that out for us. And at the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter 6, God gives Israel command. Listen, hear, hear, O Israel. And so this command for us to listen is, is the basis for the relationship that God has been designing for God and God's people since before time even began. We call that passage a Shema, which is the Hebrew verb there for listen um, or hear. And so it's a command for the people of God to listen and to hear God's word. And we see this theme continue throughout the rest of scripture. In fact, when we think of this idea of relationship, we have to boil it down to covenant. What is a covenant? Well, sometimes we tend to think of a covenant as a contract, as an agreement between two parties for services rendered from one to the other. And so, you know, you might hire an electrician or you might hire a contractor or you might hire, um, you know, some plumber or <laughs> something else to do work in your house or a landscaper and you, you might have some kind of contract. I used to do wedding videography and photography and we had a contract we would use with our clients. And the contract is an agreement, an agreement that I would provide A, B, and C and this other person would provide, you know, D, E, and F uh, as a part of this, this agreement that we have together. But a contract is probably not the right way for us to look at the theme, the idea of covenant within the Bible. Because covenant goes deeper than just an exchange of um, goods or services with one another or an agreement for some kind of provision from one to the other. Covenant is more deeply rooted in relationship. And so another way to maybe look at covenant is to look at marriage because this is what Bible the Bible does over and over and over again. The Bible regularly uses marriage as an analogy for the relationship of God to God's people. And so what is a marriage? Marriage is not just a contract, not something you just sign and say, well, I'll do these things and you do these things and then we'll part our ways once we're done. No, a covenant of marriage means that you enter into a partnership and relationship with one another. One that's agreed to be ever evolving as you learn about one another and as you grow together in the life journey that you've committed to take together. And so covenant is about relationship. And so no wonder it is fundamental to this concept and this idea that Israel and that the people of God would listen to God. Think about marriage, maybe your own marriage, maybe marriages that you've witnessed in the past. The marriages that seem to be really healthy, seem to be really good, are the marriages where the people listen to one another. 
when people actually care about what the other person has to say and to share and to give towards you. Um, you've heard the cliche probably over and over again, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you should listen double the amount you speak. Now this is, as you can probably imagine, pretty difficult for me. I like to talk, I like to communicate. But if I'm going to build a relationship with someone else, then at some point I need to listen. At some point I need to close my mouth and not say anything anymore, but listen. And listen to what the other person says. Now in this relationship, this covenant that we have with God, with the creator of all things, there is a command to listen. And why is there this command to listen? Well, it goes back to how we're created as beings. We as human beings are finite, which means that we have limitations. We, we can't know everything. We can't do everything. Uh, and so we're dependent on the one who created us, who can know everything and who can do everything. And in fact, who is the one who has set everything into motion and is the one who has defined all things. And so we're designed to be in a relationship with that God in giving of ourself to that God so that we might be following God's will and design for our life. And that's really difficult to do when we don't listen. But our culture is, as we looked last week, full of noise. And not just the noise that we create for ourselves as distractions, but even our own words that we oftentimes will use communication and use talking as a way of filling the space and a way, as a way of self-gratification, as a way of making making our, ourself feel heard or secure or safe or to just talk through the issues that we're, we have going on in our life. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when that's all we do, then it doesn't really work in forming a relationship with God. Now think about the relationships you've had in your life. I guarantee you that all of you have had various relationships at different times where the person just talked, 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 and never stopped to listen to what you had to say. And how long do these relationships last? Usually not that long. Because at some point or another, the relationship breaks down when the other party hasn't stopped to listen to what you have to say. How much more so is listening important in the relationship that we have with an infinite God who designed you in a very specific way, gave you all the things that you have in your life so that you might follow after God's will and not your own? How much more important is it for you in that relationship, in that covenant, for you to listen to what that partner of yours has to say? God, partner helper, which is what God is called often in the history of Israel's relationship with God. So Israel got itself in trouble over and over and over again throughout its history because it wouldn't listen. Judges has this famous phrase that's said a couple of times throughout the book that, and, and then everybody did what was right in their own eyes. The equivalent of not listening. 
the equivalent of not paying attention, but just doing whatever I think, saying whatever I think, going forward however I think. And everything that follows that phrase just becomes chaos. And the people of Israel fall into a state of despair because they end up getting conquered by somebody else or they end up having difficulties in the land in some way or another. And it was because they didn't cultivate a heart of listening to their God, though that was the very command that God had given to them was to listen, to hear what God, their God might say. And so Israel finds itself in our passage today in Isaiah, in exile, in Babylon, largely because they didn't seek to listen to their God and to remember that their God loved them and cared for them and had a design and a purpose and a plan for them that they were to be listening for and participating in. Instead, they were too busy creating their own destiny, seeking after all kinds of different things to fill their lives with, multiple different gods, different ways of worship, or luxuries that they could afford. And so they got themselves into trouble. So, how do you listen? How do you listen in your life as God says over and over in the story of Israel and in in the Christian story of Jesus in the early church, over and over and over again, God says, listen, hear me. How do you slow down and stop and listen? Last week, we looked at the idea of practicing silence and solitude and how Jesus <clears throat> would regularly go off by himself from the crowds and would practice silence and solitude before his Father in heaven. And if Jesus did this, being God himself, you would think maybe we should also cultivate this, this kind of discipline, this relationship um, factor of spending time alone with God in silence. Silence is a preface to listening. You must learn to quiet your heart and to listen or to be silent before the Lord, be still before the Lord before you can really begin to listen. So hopefully this last week you took seriously my challenge to take 15 minutes, maybe one or two days of the week and sit in silence before the Lord. Hopefully you took seriously my challenge of taking an hour of the week and choosing to not talk at all, just to be silent in that hour, even if you're doing other things. And in these things, learning to be silent and have silence around you, learning to practice a stillness before the Lord in silence and solitude, begin to prepare your heart for listening. But I want to give you a couple of practical things you can do as exercises in listening. First thing is that I think it, it, all of us find it hard to quiet our thoughts and to still ourselves to the point where we can truly listen. Our minds are usually spinning with all kinds of things that are going on in our lives or that we are worried about, or that we have to get done, or, um, or even just things that pop up as we try and silence ourselves and still ourselves before the Lord. So here's one tip that you can use this week, that as you expand that time of sitting in stillness before the Lord, as maybe you go from having one day of 15 minutes of stillness before the Lord to two days, or maybe from two days you go to three days, 
maybe you choose uh, a half a day where you don't talk and you allow silence to be a part of your life. Whatever it is, as you expand that this week, use this as a, as a tool to help yourself prepare for being willing to listen. Get a piece of paper and set it near you and have a pen, it's something that you can write on. And everything that comes to your mind that seems burdensome, that seems like you gotta think about it right now or you're gonna somehow lose it for later, just write it down. And in that act of writing it down, commit it to the Lord. You know, so if you're worried about some assignment you have, if you're a student or some kind of project you're working on at work, or if you're worried about when the church is gonna finally get back together and meeting in person again, whatever is going through your brain, that is distracting you, that is causing you to think somewhere else and not on the Lord, write it down on a piece of paper. Because we tend to fool ourselves into thinking that our thoughts are so important in the moment, that right now, whatever I'm thinking, I, I have to think about it, or I'm gonna somehow lose it, and I'm not gonna be able to get back to it. So instead of allowing yourself to get into that place, just write it down on your piece of paper, and then it'll be there. It'll be there when you're done and you won't forget about it. You'll come back to it because you can go to that piece of paper and look and see, oh, that's right, I was really worried about this. Okay, now I can spend some time worrying about that now that I'm done spending some time trying to listen to the Lord. And as you do that, as you write that on that piece of paper, give it away. Give that thing away and let God take it from you so that you can still yourself and be silent before God and to listen. Um, listening is a difficult thing when we're talking about God. It's not often that God just speaks to us and lets God's voice be heard in an audible way. It happens. Uh, there's been many times throughout history, not to mention the times where Jesus in his ministry had a voice come from heaven and say this is my son in whom I'm well pleased but there's it happens in other times in history where people have audibly heard a voice from God or they've had a thought that they think came from God in some way or another and so it can happen that way but it's usually not going to happen that way so as you learn to hear God's voice, as you silence and still yourself before God, it might not be an audible voice that you hear, but God will begin to teach you how God is going to speak to you in usually in some regular way so that you begin to learn how to listen in that way. And God can use a variety of things. In scriptures, we see God speaking through a burning bush. God speaks out of the mouth of a donkey at, at one point. And so God can use anything to speak to you. It's a matter of whether or not you have cultivated the heart to listen in the first place. And so here are some practical things, not just to sit down and to silence and still yourself and then to write down any of the burdens or thoughts or cares that you think are so important that you have to be thinking about them right now. Write them down and let them go to God. Um, but you can use centering prayer to focus yourself and to help yourself get away from those distracting thoughts and to think just about God. And so we've got a bunch of different centering prayers that you can use, but one that I really like and that I've taught the congregation in the past is the Jesus prayer. 
and that is to just simply pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you could just Google Jesus prayer if you need to get those words. But the way I usually pray it is to pray it um, over and over again, focusing on each word different every time I say it. And oftentimes I will breathe in on Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and then breathe out on have mercy on me, a sinner. But as I do that, I might the first time emphasize the word Lord and meditate and think a little bit on what it means for Jesus to be Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, Jesus, Jesus God became a human being, real, an actual human being here in history on earth. And Jesus was a man who walked and had a family and got sick and all kinds of other things. And so each time I say a different word and emphasize on the different, the different word each time I say the prayer, it helps me to focus more and more on God, on, on Jesus Christ, and to center myself into listening into whatever God might say. So that's one way that you can begin to center yourself. Another way that you can begin to learn to listen is to begin to read the Psalms. The Psalms are full of our prayers to God and our cries to God and, um, and sometimes God's response to us. And so as we read through the Psalms and we listen to the dialogue that is happening there in the Psalms, God can open our hearts and hear, to hear what God is saying to us now in this place. Now it's important for me to say that as you begin to dip your toes into this waters of listening, and we're going to get a little bit more advanced when we get to the topic of meditation in a few weeks, but as we um, begin to learn how to listen, that it's always important to check what you're hearing from God with, with others. Because it's hard at first, especially, to discern between our own thoughts, our own ideas, and God's thoughts and God's ideas. And sometimes we can fool ourselves as we begin to still ourselves before the Lord and we try to listen. We can fool ourselves into thinking things that God really isn't telling us, but that instead is our own desires or the world's influences or maybe even other spiritual powers that are trying to influence us in some way or another to think something that is against God's will. And so it's always important to check what you think God is telling you against Scripture and be making sure that what God is telling you is in line with Scripture. So for example, if God's telling you to murder somebody, probably not, not exactly what God wants. If you read the New Testament, if you read Jesus' commands about murder and his thoughts about even if you hate someone in your heart, it's like committing murder and then that's not okay. Obviously, that's probably not what God's telling you at this moment. Um, that's kind of an extreme example, but there might be other less extreme examples. But you always want to check it against Scripture. And I would also say check, check it against the godly influences and voices you have in your lives, whether they're mentors that you have or peers and friends that you have, me as your pastor, or anyone else in your life who you respect and who you think has a a good sense of who God is and a, and a deep spirituality of their own, you can check it with them and make sure that what you're hearing is what God wants you to hear. 
And so I challenge you this week to spend some time again in silence and solitude, but this time with a bit of a heart of cultivating an ear to listen to the Lord, so intentionally spending some time in centering prayer, praying the Jesus prayer or even any other short prayer you might know in order to focus yourself on God, to have a piece of paper ready and to write all the distractions that come to your mind down so that they can go away and, and you can not think about them while you're trying to listen to the Lord. And to read the Psalms and allow the dialogue happening in the Psalms to um, get into your heart. And if a Psalm resonates with you in particular, begin to read it over and over again and um, ask the Lord to teach you and to help you to listen to God's voice in your life. So as you do these things, as you go out from worship today and you look at your calendar, I, I encourage you again to set those times aside this week that you are going to listen to the Lord. Friends, we come to the end of our worship together and we are hopeful about the future that God has for us. And if we truly become a community of people who are listening to the voice of God, then God will lead our church exactly in the direction that God needs to lead us so that our church may flourish and accomplish the mission and the work that God has before us for many, many decades to come. So let us go out from worship today back into our normal lives with ears to hear what God may say, eyes open to see God's creation and how even the creation speaks to us and shows us the glory of God, and help us to have hearts open to receive the Word of God. So go, go forth from here and commit time this week to listening to God, and may the God who speaks in whispers silence your heart so that you might hear his voice this week and that you might receive comfort and peace and mercy from the God who loves you and who has a plan for you from now and forever. Amen.